Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Sorry, buddy, I can't hear you at all. Huzzah! <laughs> it, okay, so here's what, wait, welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home. First one of the week, so give me a break. With me, Cliff Dorfman, and... Uh, and me, tech support, <laughs> Jason Smith. So just to be fair, what this does when you play the intro is it mutes my mic. Right. And then it doesn't unmute my mic. It does. It didn't. It does. I, you don't touch anything? Let's leave that alone. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> I just that's what I thought you know my wife today I just want to let you know just today not uh, a lot of days but today especially has been like Jason you are too loud today and maybe it was because I was singing time Uh of my life into my um, thing to test like (laughs) you do mic checks and I just go doing doing songs because I've been watching this do you know remember Bob Saget came on and he told us about that show he was doing I can see your voice yeah yeah of course not like it is not what I would call like it's not Shakespearean. It is not far with Ken Young, right? Ken yeah, Jung. with Ken Jong and yeah. like different people. Jay Farrow was on last night. It is by no means uh, what I would call uh, what is that? Uh, you know, the uh, like golden age of television kind of television. It's not masterpiece it is, theater. No, it is not. It Wait, is, is not. Bob a judge? Is that what he is? No, Bob. He's a guest judge. He hasn't even been on yet. I've watched two episodes and he hasn't been on yet. Oh, that's uh, great. Okay, he's gonna be one though. That'll be. Fun. I love this show because you just you just sit there and it's like you just pick it. You just like basically judge people by the way they look, and you're like, you could sing. Nah, you can't sing. And then sometimes you're right, and sometimes you are so wrong. And uh, so it just makes me want to. <laughs> I want to be one of those guests that like they say, oh yeah, you can sing, and I'm like. And there's nothing. It's all mess. I love it. I mean, I definitely would be one of those guests where they looked at me and like, you can sing. Yeah. They would look at you and say that you could sing. Yeah. They would look at me. And that's the whole thing is I got to double give it away that I can't. But oh, like, no, you guy, look like Pavarotti. What are you talking about? You could easily belch some shit out and like and be like, whoa. They had a guy on there yesterday. I was just convinced that he could sing. And then he comes out and it's like, oh, it was okay. just. Okay. <laughs> and that's why I don't want to watch the show. But I, I mean, because it. it's Bob, fun. I'll watch. It was so fun. It's so fun. Me and, you know, Def didn't want to watch it at first, but it's, it's just, it's just nice where you could judge people by the way they look again on TV. <laughs> Wait, is she into it? No, she into likes it? it too. We, 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 I mean, any oh. game, where, anything where you can kind of bat, like that person can sing. Oh, no way. That person can't sing. It's fun. Judge your book by its cover. Listen, they're, right. they're getting down to the uh, common, the lowest common denominator, which again, isn't a they, they terrible really, thing. really do. You know, it's fun. It's, it's always like you see this person and they're like all dressed to the nines and they, they're dancing and they're doing it all. And then you find out they were like captain of their, uh, their lip sync club in college or something. It's, it's funny. Anyway. Okay. Well, listen, but you, you touched upon something that's kind of interesting because you're talking about a show that's judging people by how they look. That's right. On if they have talent. So really what we're talking about, because our guest today is this, you know, illustrious costume designer and she's on Fargo and she's putting people back now in 1930. So this is depression era. So are they going to look like they're in a depression? Are they, and are these people just by their looks, people that I buy being in this situation? A hundred percent. And I think that that's important. Like it, it really makes it when we start, you know, when we've gotten to talk a lot with a lot of different people, but you know, this really nails it, drives it home. When you see something that feels anachronistic to the time period or anything like that, it, it is so important um, 
for for you to be able to you know to kind of connect to something and i i and i've you know, I, I think that what they've done with these costumes is great. I was actually just rewatching the first couple episodes this morning, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, they, it's 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 amazing, and it, it really does set the tone. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a deep dive with her. Should we just? Yeah, absolutely. We Let's just get it. into it because I mean she is here, right? And yeah. I, I would love to start talking with Let's her. Let's get into it. Yeah, down now you've you've <laughs> you've you've uh, solidified that. that I've solidified it. Sorry. No, no, no. Do you want to introduce her? Um, yeah, I, I was going to. <laughs> then do it. I, I mean, yeah. Okay. Here then we go. do it. Okay. My wife is in the, front, I, the other room going, oh my God, just shut up, Jason. Just shut up. I, I mean, she's got to be happy that it's not her now and it's me. I'm having to take the brunt of it. So, I mean, you know, there's something off there, Steph, sure. that you won. Uh, you know, I have them for an hour. So, so let's, uh, without any further, no. Oh, man. No. 55 nope. more minutes. Sorry. We're doing musical uh, Stuck at Home today. By the way, before we're number three and five on Reddit. Yeah, from absolutely. Friday. We'll talk about yeah, that. We'll talk and about that you know what we're going to talk about also when we're done here uh, is we're going to talk about Fargo. And we're going to do a little dive into the first three or four. Yep. Three. Awesome. No, four, no, three. Three. Okay, so without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the costume designer for the new season of Fargo, J.R. Hallbaker. Welcome, J.R. Did we lose it? Yay! <laughs> J.R. Hey, how you doing? Wait, wait. There you go. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yes, she just threw me a peace sign, so I'm going to throw one back. Uh, are you... Out here? Are you stuck in LA? I recently back from Chicago, actually, only three weeks ago from Chicago because we got delayed because of, of the COVID. Oh, wow. So wait, how many had you shot before you got stopped? And then when did you go back? Yeah, we got, we got, um, we had eight, 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 nine-ish, almost to nine mm -hmm. in the can. And then we were, I think, three days into shooting our, our final two. And then, and then. And then the COVID. And then the COVID. Wait, but why, why the final two? They actually were the final two, weren't they? They were, they were the final two. They are okay. the final two. Okay, I'm just checking. So, yeah. so, wait, so you went back, uh, you came back home, which is LA, and then you went back to Chicago? Yeah, so then we went back. Um, we were one of the first shows back, actually, is what, is what I heard. Um, uh -huh. How'd that go? It went really well. You know, it was a lot of discussion about how to get back to work. Mm -hmm. uh, especially because we were, we were some of the first ones back, but Noah Hawley and um, Warren Littlefield and MGM and Fox were, they were on it. <laughs> really? So they were really on it. And um, so many safety protocol meetings, like, <laughs> well, yeah, we developed a plan and, and then we got back. So we got back to shooting and it just felt good to use your brain again. <laughs> yeah. And your soul too. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, creating something in the middle of this, yeah, the craziness. Yeah, so wait, so let me ask you something, though. Before we start, you know, I want to go back in a second and do kind of a deep dive. But before we do that, you brought something interesting up because you guys were one of the first sets back and you're working with this very prestigious crew and cast. And, you know, you're in Chicago. How are you guys feeling it went with the, because we haven't seen 9 and 10 yet, so with the A team and B team and not being able to interact and how are you interacting with the cast? Because what they're wearing is like how they breathe as actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I call it second skin usually, you know. Oh, I love that. Um, I mean, it, it's a lot more, uh, a lot more layers in between us. <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> so yeah, we have, we have all these different zones. Um, I'm a zone A person. Right. Zone A. Yeah, we, uh, we're usually zone interviewing zone A's. You get to get tested three times a week. How's that? Uh, with the like super fun nasal scratch your brain test. Oh, wow. Yeah. People say we don't sacrifice. No, yeah, you don't sacrifice for your art. <laughs> yeah, we really, do. Yeah, it was the, it's, it's the, it's the real, it's the real deep one. So yeah. at three services a week, it was like a new religion of the non-virgin nasal. It was its own thing. That's a <laughs> great line. We'll be taking that. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be uh, acquiring that line. Thanks for saying but, that on uh, the show. But yeah, no, we, we, that, that testing was key. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody who was there was negative. So if you were on the lot, then, then you were negative, but you were also, you know, Noah wrote this amazing letter to us all kind oh, of, really? you know, telling us to take care of each other and, and just be careful about what you do. And, and everyone, this was a great team, you know, this, we'd been on the set with each other for eight months prior. So um, yeah, we were in it to, we were in it to make something beautiful still happen and not let, not let the COVID take that down, but we were also in it to, to be, you know, to be really take care of each other. So it's a lot of PPE, a lot of face shields and masks and lanyards, let's say zone A and, you know, surgical gear. And I had like really? 10 more, 10 inches longer of hair just a little bit ago, but I couldn't deal with all the things around my neck. So I just cut it all off. So, oh, wow. That's, that's, well, that's a good reason to cut your hair though. I'm saying like, if you gotta, <laughs> it wasn't like you got mad humidity in Chicago. Yeah, it wasn't like a breakup, like, oh, I broke up with her. I'm just going to shave it all off now. No. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear you're healthy. So so this being said, though, now let's go back for a second, um, Jared, because you start, tell me how you get into this business. Like, where, where are you from originally? I'm from Chicago originally. Oh, okay. I, yeah, so, um, but I've lived in LA for 20, 20 years now. Um, you go to school for I, this? I did. I did go to school for this. I went to the theater school, at, uh, it, which is at DePaul University in mm -hmm. Chicago. Um, drew a lot. Uh, oh, really? So you're a designer? Yes. I went as a costume designer, actually. But I kind of fell into that, um, even realizing that was a, a thing you could do. How so? I was knocking around in school and, and I, you know, just, who knows, didn't, didn't really have anything singing to me. I think I was taking photography, I was taking history, I was taking so many things. And then this course book fell open to this costume design program. Huh. Like, oh, it combines all of the things I love, history, and reading, literature, photography, a sense of visual storytelling. And, and, but they needed a, I do remember they needed a portfolio to get into it because it was a conservatory. Huh. I had never, <laughs> I didn't have one. So you had to make one? I made one that weekend. <laughs> You just decided, okay, I'm going to do this, and you made your own portfolio. I just decided I was going to, like, I was going to, you know, I think I, I borrowed my sister. She's an artist, so she, you know, but I had never, I had never picked up a pencil, or I figured that struck once in the family, so. Um, well, your sister's a fine artist. She's a fine artist. Is that yeah. her work behind you, maybe? No, that's a uh, photo. No, that's actually one of my photography pictures, but. Uh, I like it. See? But, uh, she, uh, so you start drawing, and you start designing stuff, and you get into this class, right? Yeah, it was a whole program. It was a whole conservatory theater program. It goes back uh, years. So you made a decision over a weekend that your career, like it just hit you. Yeah, I think, I think, <laughs> uh, I think like impromptu creatives maybe are a little bit moth to the flame for this kind of work. Yeah. <laughs> Would you not say so? <laughs> yeah, no, listen, I do. I, I do. And I think it's fascinating. That's why I ask these questions. No, but how do you end up? Because one of your first jobs in TV, if I'm not mistaken, is Man Man, correct? It was. 
I worked I worked under the brilliant Jamie Bryant. So let's um, talk about that for just a moment because this this is yeah. really the best place to cut your teeth for a period piece and you know you're in the height of the best here. Yeah. How does yeah. this happen and and tell me a little about it. Uh I was working at um a costume rental house here in Los Angeles which is basically just picture the biggest warehouse with just racks and racks and racks of clothes and I met Janie she was had come in on the first season of Mad Men so it hadn't been out yet and um she was just pulling and I I loved her just as a person and and I was real quiet and just like stock girl you know but for whatever reason she um she saw something and she she offered me a job so she was just like hey you want to come work on the second season of Mad Men I know I know, but those are the breaks. Like you, you no, it's fantastic. Give you a break, <laughs> but that is what it is. Someone yeah. has to give you a break. You know, you're doing the work. You have to put in the work. I mean, you made. You went to this conservatory. You're you're working now. You're with this. You're around these people. So so yeah, you have to get a break. But now yeah. you're at Mad Men, and she's designing these clothes, correct? Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. She's incredibly talented, and actually a really really great friend. Now I I was just calling her. We just got off the phone with each other a couple of days ago, actually. So we're still really good friends, and, oh, and I love um, that. And she, you know, I learned a lot on that show. I learned how to tie a bow tie really fast. <laughs> like, super, like, and I, I literally mean fast because like, I covered John Slattery a couple times, and he's hilarious best. and yeah, an amazing, the best. Um, just an amazing person, and but oh. also a jokester for sure. And he would never <laughs> ever let me put the tie, tie his bow tie, like in the proper time before camera, before everybody's like ready to roll. He would just <laughs> go running around and I'd be trying to get at it. And he'd just race around purposefully avoiding me <laughs> all the way up until the point where, where it would be camera ready. And then he'd just like eyeball me from the side, like, okay, cool. <laughs> and then, and then I'd have to tie the tie. And he'd just be like, don't mess up, don't mess up. Don't mess up. <laughs> well, like, the entire crew is watching. So, you know, you learn, you learn those things. But this is where you cut your teeth. And, and unbeknownst to you, you're really learning up, up, like from the best on something where now you're at this pinnacle of doing this show, which is awards, 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 and it's amazing. And you get brought on now for the fourth. What's that like to come? Because you're walking on for the first time in the fourth season, correct? Yes. The first three seasons were done by Carol Case, who is another superb costume. Fantastic. Like, I was a fan of her work and Noah um, from the show. You know, I was a fan first, so I kind of went to the interview as a fan of the show. The um, best. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, yeah, I think just, I remember meeting Noah. I had, I had met Noah because I had stepped in to do, um, help out with a few of Natalie Portman's costumes on um, Lucy in the Sky. Mm -hmm. So that's how I met him. And then um, he was like, we should come in and chat about Fargo. Um, put some okay. ideas together, see what your take is on it and, you know, sit down and we'll have a talk about it. Um, that's so cool. Just, you know, I, I mean, I was well, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts that you put together? That's a big meeting. I mean, you know, no matter how you slice it. So what are your thoughts that you put together? You're going into that. Are you making another portfolio over the weekend? Yeah. Yeah. You make another portfolio over the weekend. Yeah. Basically. Or in, or in 12 hours. But this is my point. This is why school and why cutting your teeth at these jobs prepares you unbeknownst to you for these things that now yeah. you have to do in a, a crack second. You're like, oh, my God, I got to make this whole thing. So what do you do? What are your first ideas? Well, I mean, I think for the most part, I, I, I stopped stressing out about them too much. I feel like people really just want to see who they're going to get in the trenches with. 
-hmm. you know, how does your brain work? How does, how, how do you, what's your take on it? Like, I, you know, I don't have his full vision of the show yet. Um, you know, I think he, he, they gave me the first episode, which is, yeah, it really is. I, I, I'm always shocked at all the storylines he puts in. And in the first 10 minutes, you're like, okay, <laughs> the dad's, uh, the, the, the sister, the brother. Okay, please continue. So we're watching. Jason just put up some of the, this yeah. fur coat. I mean, oh, come yeah. on. I have Vander Holyfield's moment. <laughs> I mean, did you did you make that? Did you design that or did you buy that? Yeah, I, that was that one was my idea, actually, because he's our it. Irish... Um, He's our Irish gangster in the in the whole uh, origin story, <laughs> the cold open, the twenty minute cold open. Yeah, I, um, I actually paused it. I have to tell you, Jr. And I, she was like, "Wait, is that say twenty one minutes?" Yeah. <laughs> before the credits rolled. Yes. <laughs> Only yes. you guys and Noah Hawley. All right, no, please continue. No, <laughs> um, so yeah, that that is that that for code. I just you know, um, I I remember coming at Noah, and he's such a great amazing collaborator he has these great um he just inspires stuff but he's also a real open open for you to come back at him with some ideas too and i was like well you know these these coats in the 20s and the 30s these raccoon coats were really they were for prize fighters and um oh, it was wow. a it was a it's a historical you know show of kind of male <laughs> virility <laughs> machoism so, and toxic masculinity and all yeah, of it he really nails it how do we how do we not put that in, how do we not put that in Fargo? I mean, yeah. if, if anyone's going to wear a fur coat, it's going to be in you know. Yeah, and it's 1930, and we're in the Depression, so we automatically visually now you set a tone for us that yes, we're in a depression. These are the immigrants, and something illegal's going on because look at that fucking coat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who got that coat at the end? Exactly. Um, I don't know where that coat mm, is. At the moment. I want it. <laughs> I know fur bad, but I want it. I yeah, just want to put it in a in a. It's already. It's already dead. I mean, yeah, it's vintage. So <laughs> it's vintage. Oh, it is fantastic. So, so okay. So we, now, are you thinking? Because I do want to go back to the question I just asked you, which is when you're going in for that interview. We know how it ended. You got the job. <laughs> I mean, you know, are any of the ideas that you originally talked to him about, you know, in this first meeting, now going forward, what you see in the show? Looking back, yes, I did. I did notice, you know, some things. I think, you know, some things stuck for both Noah and I, um, and I did notice some things we were able to kind of carry through and find, I don't think I can talk about them yet. Cause oh, you can't. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, See, this is how I get you. Oh, I, but, this is how I get you. I trip you up but, a little. Yeah. But we did, <laughs> we did go through that whole cold open because that's in, written in the first, in the first script. And I remember going in and just going, you're good. You pulled a bait and switch on me here. Cause I thought on, I thought when we were talking about it after losing this guy that, you know, I had just come off of all these ensemble other shows, mm -hmm. big period ensembles. And um, I thought I was joining a show with like, you know, five people killing each other in the snow and there's that more snow than people. So I was like, great. Yeah. Five, five people killing each other. That sounds great with you. They'll be amazing. They'll be the most amazing five characters ever, but they'll only be five. Right. You don't have a lot to do. You had to dress probably over 120 people in that 20 minute opening, I'm going to say. Yeah. So I did, I did go in and I think I, I think I, I think I pulled his leg a little bit in the interview. I was like, nice, nice bait and switch there, buddy. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. You got me now. You got, you got my is, attention. Well, but that's what he did. And also let's, let's, let's talk about the idea that, you know, how many, what would you say it's over a hundred people you dressed in that 20 minute cold opening? Oh no, it's, it's, Oh yeah, it's, it's more than a hundred. I I um I I am suppressing the number. 
Okay, so think about that for a second. I know it's more people in more sets and sets that happened and got built and we shot on and more characters and stuntmen in this season than all of the other Fargo's combines. It's what is what I was told. I'm looking at this picture and as the one we're looking at with the raccoon fur coat of the Irish gang in front of the um, uh, the, hot, the the gang uh, headquarters social mm-hmm. club and, and I'm seeing what 15 people 12 Yeah, I think there's 15 to 20 on that side and there's another 15 to 20 on the other side. And then we did this we did this cold open with um it was such a great vision of Noah's to have this um static camera and these guys two different gang groups coming in um repeat, repetitively throughout the, the cold open, we did 19, uh, 1905, 1928, 1938, from Fargo with Bill Macy alone in the snow and he's putting 20 people on each side of it but it's literally the same idea like we're starting at this desolate moment yeah no absolutely there's a lot there's a lot of I mean if, if anyone's you know hopefully people who are watching Fargo are, are fans of the Coens there are so many great easter eggs um that, that you know he puts in there and and not just for you know it's it's usually really beautifully developed and well connected and Wait, have we missed any? From all sorts of. um, What about the first three episodes? Can you tell us? Oh, you can. You can find some raising Arizona in there, which is one of my favorites. The first three, like in the third one, I don't know. Are we allowed to? Well, I saw the manhole. Yes. I knew that was raising Arizona. The the stocking on the head, which is equivalent a little. Girl, you got a stocking on your head. (laughs) So it was fantastic. I love that one. That was that's one of my favorite kind of, you know, raising Arizona. For sure, but but let me ask you this now. So so why ask that question about all the people you dressed in? Stockings, by the way, to shoot that. Nine. D. That's what I thought. Okay, I was gonna like nine is nothing. I feel like you did that in a record. We went through ninety. They kept calling the set. Kept calling us. I think I set forty because original. Because she has to. She. I mean, Kelsey is a gem because she's fantastic. All day for several days. I think I was nauseous from it. I'm not gonna lie. I think, she, I think Kelsey was too. I, I remember, I feel like yeah. Kelsey was too, but she had to keep her command for 48 hours straight. And, and um, isn't it getting all over? How many sets do you have to have of those clothes now? Uh, weirdly, it was mostly the stocking that took the brunt of, of it. You got lucky. <laughs> um, you got lucky. We did, we did have a couple of extra sets, but yeah, I remember, I remember the set kept calling and asking for more stockings. And I was like, how could you possibly need more? And we ended did up not plan enough. Nine, 88 stockings or something got sent to the set. Oh my God. Okay. So, so <laughs> I love Just these all things. All the days work on Fargo. <laughs> but by the way, this is why I love having these conversations. It makes me kind of <laughs> giddy. So, so it, again, I'm going to get this out. So my question to you now is in this first opening, this cold opening over a hundred people, how many of these costumes now are you going to use moving forward now that you've because you've set a tone for the whole show really almost yeah 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 well the cold open is really just an origin story so actually you know the the noah holly of it is is it he was like great we did that so now we're going to jump into the 1950 storyline so we <laughs> we had all these beautiful clothes from this era but and you know you just try your best to 
to make it as memorable on camera as possible. And then they're done. They've done, they've served their purpose and they're on camera and they're helping tell the story. And then we moved into the 1951 storyline for the majority of the, okay. the season, but there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are going to happen in the season. So stay tuned. Well, no, listen, I, I, you can tell already because the first three episodes, it, it's just how the hell we'll look at that. What is that? What is that? A cranberry that we're looking at an overcoat now. <laughs> how do you describe this? I would, I could go with a cranberry, cranberry on that. Well, don't yeah. go. Tell me what it is. I want to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with cranberry or an ox blood. There you go. Oxblood. I like oxblood. Me too. It's more like Brazilian. And that what 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 kind of overcoat is that that we were looking at? Yeah. That one is um that one's just a really great single breasted kind of, you know, it's got like um a, a, a wool melton collar. It's just a great silhouetted, nice high and tight waisted coat. I like um, the tight waist. And the hat is a fedora, right? Yeah, that's a Borsellino hat, which is a beautiful Italian um original vintage uh company and they're still around borsellino borsellino they make what's a hat like that go for oh that oh gosh that one i mean that's a real vintage one that one those are you know somewhere in the one thousand yeah that's what i would think they're worth every penny by the way i want to go buy one kind of move and that is gaetano um who i love who plays constant calamita and he wears clothes so beautifully and we really had a, a lot of fun with him we like do a that, lot of tight wasted on him, don't you? I do, I do. He's 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 a perfect canvas for that. I, I <laughs> see you, Jr. Right? I <laughs> he see got you. Re, he got re um he got reimagined when we when Noah came to me and he told me he found this incredible actor. Um, we got we have several incredible actors from Italy. So uh, Noah went to Italy and cast these guys. Wait, is the brother really from Italy too? Yeah, Salvador. Yes. yes. He's. And scary man. He is incredible. incredible. Those eyes. I mean, how do you start to dress a guy? Like we're talking about. We're talking about Jason Schwartzman's brother. It's the brother dynamic that Noah loves to explore. Brother, sister. You know who's going right. to take over. Right. And, and how do you start with a guy like that? Because I understand how you start with Jason Schwartzman. It, it's it's not as uh, you know. Listen, it's all hard. But I'm saying it seems a little yeah. easier than a guy who's this crazy killer from the war who's now coming yeah. back. Where do you start with him? Yeah, well, when he came over, I mean, we do, we have all these other guys and um, we have a huge cast. So you really, I, I, I did sit with Noah ahead of time before the guy showed up to the fitting. And we, we tried to distill kind of the essence of each of these characters. So with, with that character, we were thinking, um, or at least I thought him against, you know, he's, he's the brawn and, and Jason plays the brain, the smart ass brain, but the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I wanted that sense of the pastoral kind of Mussolini era, um, you know, a, Italian that that he references. So we have all these other guys and fedoras and ties and trying to, you know, prove their 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 purpose and that they belong here in America by buying all all of this wealth. And then here's this guy who just doesn't think that any of that really counts and matters. It's about you know, it's about how you act and who you kill and, you know, your actions, not what you wear. So, you know, you start by, I think I just started with feeling, well, it's definitely not a tie. You're not going to wear a tie. <laughs> yeah. But you found these like socialist communist kind of yeah, clothes we, with the tight necks and go on. We used like the Mussolini era um, 
caps and um and for, for salvador and i we we actually it was the boots too he wears these huge boots big stomping boots under mm -hmm. all of his clothes and pants that are incredibly high-waisted <laughs> just you oh, know really they're they're so high-waisted the idea was like go go back to that strongman strongman silhouette kind of thing oh yeah um, you, you nailed it by the way he tell me he's a very nice guy right the nicest because yeah, he scares the yeah. shit out of me he, he, that's how good he, that's how good yeah. he is. He's I love hearing that. Okay. So, so you're building this now and now you got to build also, you're not just building a time period, right? You're not just dealing in history. You're dealing in ethnicity and you're dealing in yeah. subcultures. So, and those are two separate things. Let's not be confused. The ethnicity and the subculture, you know, you're a gangster and you're Jewish, mm -hmm. you know, so you have your ethnicity and you got your subculture. How are you approaching this? Because I'm looking at the Jewish gangsters now, and that's my Lonsman. And and they look very much in the in the vein of uh, Hasidic pharmacists. Yeah. <laughs> Hasidic pharmacists, perfect. Yeah. Um, well, you know, like I think I think the reason why like I love being a costume designer is for this reason that you just brought up. It's you know, I'm not, you know, this cast was actually beautifully diverse. Um yeah. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not Jewish and I am not black and I am not of Italian descent. Um, I am really Irish. <laughs> so <laughs> but, you, had, you had one thing you can like, all right, anyway. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, this, this, I think I always come at these things because all I want to do is kind of walk in other people's shoes. I, f I find it such a blessing of a job. Like my job is quite literally to walk in someone else's shoes. And just going to say that. Right. It's, yeah. it's, and I can't, I mean, I can't act at, I would never be able to do that. I have such a, a I, I appreciate so much like what you do and, and, and just being able to be in front of the camera. I have stage fright for that. So I, this is as close as I'll get to be actually walk in someone's shoes. So you kind of come at it with, or at least my approach is, um, I come at it with a lot of research and a lot of openness for this is the stuff that I was looking at. I always try and give myself a lot of time to really get immersive inside of a culture or that might be, you know, new so that I'm coming at it with as much um, focus and, and just research. And then I, then you come at it really open and you sit with your actors who walk into the fitting room. And at that point, you know, you have a lot of stuff to share. Um, but also a lot of times I'm asking them with, you know, well, what do you think of this? What do you, you know, are they coming in with ideas? Oh yeah. That's part of my, that's definitely, definitely costume design is a beautiful thing between, yeah, you do have an idea, and Noah and I had a lot of ideas about how we could help distill each of these characters in such a large cast. But you also really, an idea may not work at all if, if the actor comes in and, you know, is just not inhabiting that. Like, I, okay, so Gaetano, who was playing mm -hmm. Constant Calamita in the Oxblood coat. Um, is, oh, yeah. Better than Cranberry, was, go on. <laughs> he was originally... Um, we changed directions when I saw Gaetano, who he was. I know it was like, we, we cast like the John Hamm of Italy. <laughs> like that's this guy him. is so good looking. Yeah, I agree yeah, with him 100%. Yeah. Go on. And um, originally, I kind of had all these images and Noah and I were, had these images of like, you know, this ruthless, animalistic um, hitman, like kind of his, you know, his ties were as unhinged as his behavior kind of thing. Right. But then when, um, when we saw Guy, it's just, you gotta, you know, you gotta shift and get inspired by a different 
way to go. And um, so then we went to this this whole ascot driven, like way more um, affected and vain kind of way of presenting this cold hearted killer. Well, he's almost like the first metrosexual. <laughs> and but really, he <laughs> is better than 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 I do. So. Who does? <laughs> Me. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying who dresses better than you. Oh, Gaetano, like, oh, I yeah. mean, constant, yeah, constant in the show. Yeah. I, dress people, of... I dress people better than I dress myself. Well, listen, <laughs> you have a bigger budget. That, that's yeah. first of all. I mean, but also, you know, you said something very interesting earlier, which is that you you are, you know, showing their, uh, their want for materialism being how they are accepted as immigrants. And, mm-hmm. and, and so you're building on that where he's a ruthless killer, but he's going to be as dapper as possible because he wants to fit in. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, fascinating. It really is. It really is. It's so anthropological and um, you have to, you know, that's the part of the job I, I, I love the clothes actually kind of come after. I love the psychology and the anthropology of like looking at why people dress the way they do or yes. you know, what they're trying to say. And then, you know, you have things so like, important. I just know, I just noticed it's kind of small. You can't even see it very much, but over on the right, there's like that character with that green and, Leon. Buffalo plaid. I'm getting oh. so many. Um, his, yeah, that, that's Corey Hendricks, who's okay. another really wonderful, talented actor from Chicago. And he plays Omi Sparkman, who's one of um, Chris's, uh, Lloyd Cannon's uh, kind of body men. Wait, and are you saying he's to Chris, He's behind Chris to Chris's right? He's to Chris's right in this photo, so right. you can't that, see him very well. <laughs> I was doing, no, but I was doing my right, and I was like, oh, no, that's Leon to the right. Yeah. But no, you're, it's yeah. my left. Chris yeah. rocks right. So we're looking at this photo and, uh, you know, it's a nice pyramid stack and Chris is right up front and a lot of blues with Chris, I notice. Yeah, yes. That was a conscious, you know, the, the, the DP, Dana Gonzalez, and the production designer, Warren Allen Young and I came up with um, this Kodachrome kind of concept and palette. And uh, we used oh. the blues, the yellows, and the greens quite a bit throughout the series. We called it the Kodachrome football. So we would keep passing it to each other because you don't want to have like your sets and your clothes just blasting out all of, you know, all at the same time. You kind of got to. Oh, I so, see. Because that's how you match the tiles on the floor in the last shot we were looking at with the wardrobe and Chris's yeah. solid blue suits. Oh, yes. There was, there's a lot of that. And Warren and I have worked together before, so it's great to step onto a show where you have a shorthand with a production designer. So we're just texting each other at all hours of the night. Just being like, I'm putting, here's the blue I'm putting on the tile. Okay, great. I'll, I'll, do, the, I'll do this in the tie. Or, and then sometimes he'll take a cue from me. Yes. Yeah, that one was really well coordinated, too. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Jason just put that shot back up. And if you're noticing, you're seeing on the floor, we're seeing the Kodachrome a lot, you know, the reds and the beige and the blue-green, like a teal. Yes. In, yeah, in, in squares, you know, pointing at us. And then we're seeing all of them in solids. We don't see any of the plaids or the mm-hmm, anything, yeah, right? Yeah, I didn't want to get it too busy up in there. So we did a lot of, a lot of solids after seeing that set. But, um, but you're yeah, designing everyone, right? Because basically that set is flipping back and forth between the kid exchange for the first three episodes. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's a, that set is, um, you're going to see a lot of that set. <laughs> Yeah, we, and we already have. So, so now, as as we move forward, so we've got three episodes under our belt now, right? And what, let's talk about this nurse, Ori, Oriata. Yes, Oriata. Good job. Yes, yeah. Oriata. Wh- who's the actor? Do we Jesse know? Jesse Buckley, incredible Jesse Buckley. 
I mean, what, what's okay. So educate me on Jesse for a second. Do you know anything? Like, has she been in something else I didn't, I'd know? Oh man, Jesse is, look, look her up right Jason, now. Jason, look her up Yeah. because I'm blown not, away. Yeah. You heard it here. She's not in some superstar headed leading cast movie here in, in the end of the year. I, I will be really surprised. I, I would be too. I'm surprised she's already not. I mean, this is a tour de force she's giving and I don't even know where the hell it's going. <laughs> she's incredible. She's an incredible collaborator. Um, oh, really? So a lot of greens. Now, is that her hair, the red? That is her hair. She is a redhead, but um, but they okay. did do specific color coloring, I think, for this. To, yeah, to make it a certain red. Yeah, to make it a certain, certain now, red. Because I'm seeing a lot of greens and teals on her, I want to say. Um, oh, is that correct? Yeah, well, the set is a real um, uh, minty, minty kind of set that Warren designed. And then her her costume, I, I remember that that's a good example of actually um, we, the football? we developed that color. She's actually in the, an almost like puce kind of gray purple, purple dress tone. Um, oh, her wow. uniform dress is like a kind of gray purple because I wanted we wanted to kind of create some creep factor against the minty walls so wait, it's like, wait, wait. let's go back for a second you and warren developed a color yes we that color on the walls we're seeing behind oriata right now is this color that you and warren invented yeah. is that well, warren warren developed that color i and then i went to my textile artists um who are these amazing amazing artists from chicago and they they kind of they put up with me <laughs> continually telling them <laughs> to no that's <laughs> not right it's just a little off <laughs> to get to that little off sense of that gray purple. <laughs> and that's what we're looking at. And then that's what you're looking at. So those are the, those are the things you get to, you know, when you get on a team like this, that is that um, invested in the craft. Um, we yeah. really nuance those, those details of how the wall play interacts with the dress. And, and for me, it was because I wanted to slightly um, with, for Jesse and I, it was all about taking an archetype of a nurse image and then um, per perverting that nurse image a little bit, <laughs> just slightly, not too much for distraction. So you, instead of it being a, a flat gray that just comes right, you know, from from the period, it's like it had to be a slightly twisted color or her hat hits, sits just a little too high. You know, it's just a little it's like I, it's just a slightly more like a sailboat. <laughs> Now I can't like stop seeing it. Down a, cruising down a hall. But wait, what does that mean? Tell me what that means, why her hat sits a little too high. Because we, what we know about her now is she's an angel of death. That's not a spoiler. So no, you know, no. that, that comes right no. in the pilot. And, uh, you know, so, so so what is this, how does this play in? Like you're talking about the hat, for example. Yeah, it's just that little thing we do where I I think the, the trick with Fargo is taking, um, don't take anything from granted and just... I, I played with all the little details just a little bit. So I played with proportion sometimes just to make it not feel, you know, hopefully it's all subliminal and nobody's really being like, man, that really looks out of whack. No, wouldn't even have noticed. That's why I love yeah. having these conversations because yeah. now I'm wondering what the emotionality is. Like, oh, the hat's out of whack. So is she just a little? It's just a little askew. It's just yeah. a little askew. The well, idea like was, you know, she's kind of got moral conscious dysmorphia. So it's like looking in a looking in a funhouse mirror and things get all twisted and dysfunctional. So you take that concept, that feeling, and then um, apply it visually by just kind of tweaking little things on the archetypal image of a, of a, you know, a nurse uniform. So well, 
Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yes, but also you're dealing with a character that is, uh, you know, she has to come across as matriculating into normal society, which she's doing. You know, even when, you know, again, I guess I'll say spoiler alert, even if you haven't seen the first three episodes, you know, stop watching now, go watch them and come back. Because, you know, we see her get, she gets caught. You know what I mean? Yes. And they still let her go with a glowing recommendation. She's incredibly smart. So we're seeing now that you're building this. And when you're building this, you're also, you're looking at that green color on the wall and then you're designing this gray nurse's outfit Mm -hmm. with that color in mind and you're building yeah. a color from that color while you're taking the hat and putting it off. Okay. Yes. This is the, this is the meta. <laughs> this is the meta. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's what all a part of what makes this show work like a well-oiled machine that you think just happens. Yeah, no, nothing just happens, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it's a very, it's a, it's a blessing. It's really, it's really the kind of show of costume designer dreams or any, I feel like any real designer or, um, artisan or craftsman in this yes. industry. Like you want to work on this. Like this and be able to work at this level with other collaborators and to have material that like Noah gives you is, is really amazing. And the cast, I mean, casting on Fargo is just top it's notch. This is top notch. And it's across I, the board though. You're seeing it in the crew too. He's casting his crew the same way he's casting his cast. Yeah, I, that's that's really a testament to yeah what they do in this show is they put you know they put together this alchemy of of people each season and it's really it's really incredible. I, I was so inspired when I first started. Um, I knew I knew some of the actors that we had when I was hired. Um, I knew we had Jason and Chris and and then um, did you know you had Timothy Oliphant? I had I very quickly knew we had Timothy Oliphant. That was yeah. the best surprise I ever had when I saw that. That was so good though. I, I was, didn't know. I didn't know. Oh. I didn't know. And then I just saw it last night. And I, then, like, yes. I, I just thought a whole bunch of people were like, oh, Timothy's in this. Yeah. Yeah. That was incredible. And to get to, to get to do with Timothy, another lawman. And like, but, it, but a racist one. I mean, this is yeah. he, the guy he's playing from Salt Lake and the original Mormon who's part of killing the Indians and still, you know, not allowed in Montana. I mean, yeah. this is, <laughs> Yeah, he usually plays a good guy, like for yeah. justice and everything. But on this one, it's it's a little skew, a little askew. Yeah, and so when when Timothy shows up to to do this, mm. this totally wacky, askew, perfectly executed um, role that only he could do, really, oh, God. is is it was um, you really want to you really want to nail it. <laughs> well, yeah, and he's coming off an iconic show, Unjustified, where his hat was a big deal. Yeah, and Janie Bryant who is the unbelievably talented designer that I originally got one of my first jobs with. She mm -hmm. did him at, in Deadwood. So oh, she did him in Deadwood. Yeah. Let's think about that. In Deadwood, he had the hat in justified. He had the hat. And now in Fargo, like he's got holy, it's like the Holy Trinity. Yeah. Of and his hats. <laughs> so how do you decide on that hat? Cause it's very low. You get, real, you get meta. You get real meta about Why it. Why do you think I'm asking, JR? Uh huh. Yeah. Because I was like, this is incredible. And I, I kind of like, T Timothy was in LA and I was in Chicago and we did this wonderful back and forth exchange. And I had a whole bunch of images. I was so excited when he was coming on. So I, I dove deep. Yeah. And we had a lot of imagery. And, um, and we had a really clear idea of kind of where we wanted to go. But with the hat. Yeah, that's what I'm interested you know, in. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> that, a big deal, though. That hat is also, that is a pro hat, man. You can't put anybody in that hat. That's like, you can Hell no. that kind of a hat to a, you know, to a well, pro. What is the name of that hat? Do you know? 
it's uh, it's from the Carl. It's called the Carlsbad. I mm-hmm. found it in the 1948 Montgomery Ward catalog, which Montgomery Ward was kind of a Sears catalog, but its headquarters is in Minnesota. <laughs> so it it was in a 1948 catalog, and I was like, that's incredible. That's like that's the hat. And only Timothy is going to be able to do that because because. Tim's the pro that he is. And, you know, like I said, it's a PhD hat right there. Yeah. <laughs> and it works into his character because it's keeping him very sort of uh, muted in a lot of ways. And he's saying a lot of awful shit sometimes. Yeah. And we did do that. Like I didn't, I didn't enter, you know, we didn't bump his color palette much because he, Ooh. he's plenty colorful in the show, just in the stuff that he says. So I really wanted to Tim and Noah's kind of performance and, and language to come out. But um, but we gave him a strong silhouette, and we gave him the Carlsbad hat and um, Baron's hat in uh, in uh, Los Angeles is a historic Hollywood um, hat maker, and we worked Baron's hat. Mm-hmm. I think there. I have to check that out. Yeah, was, it, was that in Burbank for a while? It was in Burbank for a while. And it's then got it, a great new place downtown. Yeah, it was right across the street from the office, Cliff. That's that hat store across the street from Starburst. I knew it. Okay, I got to go there now. I'm going to go downtown. They're family generational, so they've been around since the golden era making hats. Yeah, no, that place is great. It used to be, it's it, up until it moved over to the new place, it was right across the street from my office. Um, and uh, it makes me sad because now I can't go get a Red Bull and try on hats. I'm yeah. going there soon. I'm telling him JR sent me, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's who made the hat for us. Custom made that hat. So, so they, they took the picture out of, out of the Montgomery Ward catalog, and then um, I did a fitting with Timothy uh, and we both gravitated toward it. We, we just kind of knew that was, that they was took it. the picture and made the hat. They made the hat. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh, okay. So, uh, I know we got to wrap up soon. So let me ask you this. Are we looking h- how many, um, different sets of clothes are, are we looking at getting replaced moving forward with blood and pulp oh. and guts? Oh gosh. I don't know. I really? It's coming. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have a lot. So, so you had massive amounts. Blood multiples are a given. Blood show. multiples, is that what they're there, called? There's a good, chunky budget line every episode for blood multiples. So. See, this is what we find out here. That's a term, blood multiples. So we got a lot to look forward to, right, JR? You do. Including your nomination next year, right, Jason? Hell yeah. Yeah, buddy. JR, seriously, J- Jason, do you have anything you want to ask? Or? No, I, I mean, I, I think you asked all the questions. I that think I, I did. I feel good, <laughs> JR. Do you feel good? I feel good. Okay, good. Well, JR, I cannot honestly thank you enough for coming on and talking about all this. And please, please, please come back. Maybe the season finale somewhere around there. Sure. Okay. I love this. Ladies and gentlemen, JR Hawbaker. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Yeah, you see, blood multiples. Blood Blood multiples. multiples. Ox blood. Everything's circling around blood, but it is Fargo. Well, I mean, when it's on Fargo, yeah. Wood Mm. chipper. Wood chipper, white and red, like whatever that color of snow mixed with snow. Uh, yeah. How cool uh, is she? By the way, she stayed so long. Uh, so so well, sweet. You know what's funny about it is, you know, normally I try and cut that down like around the, the 35 minute mark, but you guys were really getting into all these pieces. Like there just didn't feel, it felt like there was just too much more. We needed that extra 15 minutes to really Thank you. This. And, and yeah. so sweet of her to stick around. And by the way, again, <laughs> blood multiples is a chunky budget line in every yeah. episode of Fargo for yeah. blood multiples. If you don't get anything else, Reddit on that. Get that. I just love like chunky budget, uh, blood multiples. Cause like, I don't know why the word chunky makes me laugh when it comes to like other things other than <laughs> now it makes know, me weight. Laugh. like, like when somebody says they need a chunky heel and a chunky budget, it just makes me laugh and I love it. And Do you ever eat a chunky? What? 
chunky. Yeah. The candy bar, the oh, candy it, square. Oh, is it a candy square? No, I think, I, isn't it a peanut butter? No, that's, is there oh, not a chunky? Chunky, you look it up, man. It came in a right. silver wrapper. Ooh, yeah. just chunky well, chocolate. Speaking of blood pulp and uh, and pulp. A costume design, my, if somebody was going to costume dress me, it's like Jason Smith, like <laughs> podcast network, right? Like my social uh -huh. network. And they needed, to, they needed to copy me of the CEO and they used John Turturro. They, they would basically just dress me in a black shirt with a bunny rabbit, some sort of logo. It could be a, it could be an alligator, a San Francisco hat, and a pair of meundies made out of beech wood. <laughs> well, it, it's not just beech. It, 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 they, they take it. That meundies takes this sustainable beechwood trees. They grow these trees. They're sustainable, and they take ready. They take the pulp, <laughs> tea yarn. They take the pulp out of the tree, right. and it's pulp. That's right. I got it, it right would, that time. It would be in my rider. Like if, and if I was ever on a show and like, I don't care how vintage this is. If it's not made out of molar, I'm not putting it on my skin. Put me, give me an undershirt first. And, and don't put me in a cowboy hat. Cause my head's too big. You can't put would me you, in anything less than a giant sombrero and not, not a sombrero that you wear on somebody's head, a, a sombrero you fill with salsa, something like that, because there's no way your bullshit <laughs> head hat is going to fit my head unless you fill you it with molar and salsa. Micromodal, first yeah. of all. A micromodal. Molar. And, and you know what I yeah, modal. Micromodal. I was going to say, she'd have to call me on these yeah. and get this custom hat for you. First of all, I don't even think they make a hat for your no, head. They don't. But they, I, I just need the lining, right? They just need to make the lining. Micromodal. JR can sew the lining into the hat. You'll be okay. Uh, yeah, and I'll be fine. I'm fine. I just need to be soft all over. I need to be, now that I wear it and I can't wear anything else against my skin, it just feels itchy. Well, by the way, I'm wearing a pair of straight white ones right now. Nothing on them or anything. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. really. It's, I got, in, it, tru I got in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble for telling the story, but I got in trouble for um, <laughs> I, I didn't want to wear my swimsuit the other day. And so I just wore those white ones into the pool. Um, turns out that's a wet T-shirt contest waiting to happen, but different. <laughs> no. No, and you know what? That's not cool, man. Because if I can't get it out of my mind, there's a, so many of our listeners, like tens of thousands of our listeners that can't get it out of their mind now. Can't That's not okay, Jason. Can't get it out of your head. But my undies. Head, you can't get my head out of your head. What? Sorry. Something's over. No, I was just saying. Me undies, right? So it's meundies.com and use stuck, right? It's just stuck. stuck. Yeah, go because to you want to be stuck in them, your me undies. I mean, you really do. You want to be. You want to be. You want to be. You'll want to be costume set for life. Um, Listen, no that. matter what, I have to put on a pair in some way, shape, or form. I sleep in the sweats, which are unbelievable. I mean, and I have skin sensitivity. Like, if something's rubbing on my left, like the back left thigh of my leg, wrong, I can't sleep at all. That's how weird I am. There's yeah. nothing with like this micromodal underneath the the yeah. fifth mattress. Below. I'm the princess in the pee. I'm the I'm the princess. Uh, well, yeah, but my, but the pee. To be clear, is solved by MeUndies. So it's MeUndies.com. The offer code's stuck. Just, just, just get yourself some. Yeah. You're wasting time not doing it because you could be sitting in it right now, so much happier. That's right. Okay. So we we don't have a ton of time left, so I don't want to get into um, everything that we're going on to because there's just a lot of stuff to so go much. on to. Um, you know, um, we um, I do want to bring up like, and maybe we can talk about this more tomorrow. But we went into a movie. Together, me and me and Cliff went to a movie this weekend, a socially yes. distanced, safe movie. We rented out the entire uh, movie theater in a, at a at an Orange County uh, movie theater, and so it was just us in the theater. Um, and I would highly recommend this for anybody who wants to go to a movie 
Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend the movie we saw, but we could talk about that later. Um, yeah. But uh, just go, you, you know, two people. And you know what? One of the things that they do, what that's going on at the movies right now, the all the snacks and stuff are like a quarter of the price. Like we got so many snacks. We got blown away. Plates of snacks. We got popcorns and wines and sodas and strawberry candy daiquiris and hot dogs. Twenty six dollars. Yeah, I mean twenty six bucks. Like we, the tickets are not cheap because you know you basically rent the whole place out for about one hundred and fifty dollars, and you can bring up to twenty people, and there's only two of us. But then when you start counting the snack discounts, it really wasn't much more than going out to a night at the movies with two people anyway. It was fantastic. Jason, by the way, thank you. I, I mean, and listen, it could have been anything playing in there. It really wasn't the point. Unfortunately, it was Tenet. Yeah. I mean, so we can get into that and we can talk because Fargo, I feel like we, we I, I could tell you what's going on with Fargo, but we'll wait till this yeah. later in the week. But let's take a minute because yep. we got a few minutes before we got to end, right? Yep. I mean, so let's talk about, do you want to talk about Tenet? Yes. So let's so let's let's get into this and i want to say this i i there i and i was telling you this at the show this movie should have never been released during covid at period full stop this this movie is not sustainable this is not the movie to bring people back to the movie theater it was a it was it, it is not that movie now the reason i'm saying that has nothing to do with the quality of the movie um, there's other reasons, and I'll, I'll talk about that. The reason this should never have been done mm -hmm. is because it's too fucking confusing. There is no way on, with a single watch of this movie that you will have any idea what is going on. They, he, there's the typical uh, Nolan, like, I, we don't need to hear all the dialogue. Let's put a, a boat engine over half the movie <laughs> while people are talking so you can barely make out what they're saying, even though like it's a very exposition-heavy movie. And so to watch this movie once... Is impossible and then to be the, the the reason the second part of that is i think with a movie like this you want to go see multiple times which you're not going to do during a pandemic and number two is you need other people you need a tipping point of people to have seen the movie so you can read about their their theories you can talk to them you can ask your friends what did this mean why was that guy moving backwards but not going backwards here what is what is what does all this have to do with it why was he in that big weird uh buoy for so long you know yeah that's, I'm just saying you talk so we yeah, can get through. I, you know. I mean, because I want to get into the quality of it first, but this is my biggest problem with the first half of this is it just doesn't make sense because it requires way more fan interaction than, than you'll have the ability to to do right now. Yeah. Okay. So I agree with that. And I think all of that comes into play if the movie were good at all. Yeah. I mean, this... Do you... I, I'm not a person who... who let me be clear. When I say this movie is garbage, okay, it, I say it in the sense of it's not, it's Christopher Nolan, okay? I mean, like, I should only do something of this ilk in any point in my life. I don't want to sit here like, uh, you know, a guy who doesn't do and teaches something like that. No, okay, let's be clear. This is not a hating thing. I went into this movie, I'm, I've been watching Nolan since following in 99 or whatever it was when he released that. Made it for $6,000, that movie, right? So, sorry, I was just saying hello to someone who's posted. So, that being said, I am not sitting here being a hater, okay? This movie is ridiculous. I believe you could have released Inception with during COVID and it would still be a hit because it's interesting. It's 
there's there's something genius about it, whether it was taken from Daffy Duck or not. You know, there's something very genius about it. In this, that would have been um, the Scrooge. It wasn't Daffy Duck. It was uh, the Ebenezer Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge Duck. Right. Okay. I love that you know that. Um, that's awesome. That, that means the physics, right? So, so here's the thing: you got Robert Pattinson, and and putting Robert, who's amazing, putting yeah, Robert for Pattinson. The record, yeah. You you see Robert? He's electric, man. Like yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Like, and I don't. And from now on, um, after especially after watching this, I don't care what anybody says about Robert Pattinson. He could be Batman. He could be mm -hmm. fucking George Clooney. He could play George Clooney in a movie, and you'd be like, I like him better as Clooney than Clooney. Like, the guy's got fucking charisma. Oh, he's, he's on screen. I turn to Jason, and I go, this guy's Pierce Brosnan meets Robert Redford. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For like, sure. And so when you have a guy like that, and he's, he's like blowing off some like, oh, it's just the Drake there. It means aliens are real. You know, he's just like blowing off physics ideas to you, and, you know, it sounds great. Here's the, here's the thought. When you sit down... And you go, let's make a movie about a technology that goes in reverse, right? That's where you stop and go, no, let's not. Because backwards stuff, it's not like, I don't want to see a car racing backwards already. Like, okay, on three and Q, walk backwards. I mean, right. that's what it is. By the way, they explained it somehow. But like, like oh, you know, the, the house gets, the, the stone uh, complex gets blown up, right? But don't. Watch out for it going back to normal. <laughs> like, right. But why don't the people go back to normal? Well, well, okay. So, so this is one of those things that I wanted to talk to you about. So, okay, wait. And let me say one more thing because I know you have answers or something. So the other thing is that, and we were talking about this in the theater, the backwards technology and entropy and all this, w there's no way someone can be talking to someone from the entropy point of regression and someone's not talking backwards. Someone has to be, and they're not doing that. They're having full-blown conversations from the past to the present on cell phones. Go. Okay. So for, hold on one sec. I want to I I make this as exciting for everybody as possible. Okay. So hold on. Let me do this. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> this has nothing to do with Dennett. I just think it'd be fun to have something to go while we were talking uh, of people doing things in reverse because that's basically why he did this. Here's what I think. He made this video because he's been watching people on TikTok and YouTube <laughs> do reverse videos for the last few months and get 100 million uh, likes. And he's like, I need to get up on some of that reverse video technology. love, right? Reverse yeah. video technology. Look how cool something is. All you have to do is play it backwards and it looks amazing. All right. So that's number one. Number sure. two. Okay. So the way this works. And so what, the way I found it out was basically people can go. Um, so you can actually have two thing, two two groups of people going in reverse or forward at the same time. You can go, if you're reverse, if you're reverse cliff, right, you can go into that little machine and become forward cliff and forward cliff from another time period could also be forward cliff. And then you could be reverse person. Again, that little, little turnstile allows you to switch between your forward and reverse self or like version. But if you've gone and regressed back in time far enough, you could be, you could be reverse and somebody else could be reverse at the same time. So when they're showing those pieces, it means that the reverse version of them is moving forward and they have switched themselves. Who else yeah. here is sleeping? I, yeah, exactly. I mean, no, no, no. You did an excellent job. Of, oh, I, mean, no, I, I don't even think anyone agree. could explain that better, by the way, including Nolan. Yeah. I, I, okay. So, so again, even what you're saying though, in these scenes, they would have to be going so far back in time, but they're not, they're both going to the same right. minute. So I'm not sure what you're saying applies. Yeah. Well, and I, and, and that's the part that was really confusing to me. So basically you have to wait it out, right? You have mm. to wait out your, um, 
the, the, to the time period. So the reason he was in that, that buoy for so long was because everything else was going on behind him and he needed to be locked in that room so he didn't run into his previous self because he hasn't yet figured out that he's going to be the guy that creates all this in the future. So they had to hide him away so he didn't see his previous self. And okay, so, I got, uh, so you have to wait back in time for a long time, which is weird because once if you're the if you're the forward you're you're the future person and you go back in time, you have to wait it out. But then you have to go back through the thing and wait yourself back to where you started, and you like just to be back to where you were. Like there's no like the minute you go back in time, you might as well just reverse yourself back until you die, Benjamin Button style. Because to go the other way means you're you basically have missed out on everything. And by the time you get back there. Um, it's been maybe months, years. It's like, yeah, but if you don't age, right. But yeah, if you well, don't age when you come but, back, like, but if you that's not clear to me. Do you not age? Well, you or, don't, die, you don't re re alive. You don't reanimate apparently, yeah, but, you, but you couldn't, you could die. Your, 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 your future self could die in the past and be dead. That's what happened to the bad guy. Right. But could your present self die in the past and be dead? That's the whole uh, question. Exactly. Right? Well, it's not a. It should it's have been. It's not answered. really a question. It's a. It's a. It's a thing that they needed to address that they weren't really able to. Yeah, because they're like, oh, it's Chris Nolan. Yep. You know, we're, we're not going to have to. It's a. Uh, you know. Okay, so we have to go. But I will say this. I think someone should send, and we'll continue talking about this. But the, the bullet point here is: uh, run, don't walk to away from theaters that are showing Tenet. Yeah. Um, but run to a theater and maybe go watch theater. Empire Strike. They have Empire Strikes Back playing. You and a few people could watch Empire at way, a, a movie theater all by yourself right now. So right. So right. And and by the way, I also think someone should send Chris Nolan the uh, memo that like, you know, diversify a little. It's not all about a, a white woman that's, you know, we have to save. Oh, you yeah. know? No, I don't, like, we haven't even gotten into the yeah. whole, like I still don't know, nothing in any of this has explained why the obsession with her. Yeah, he's so in her. love with her. Yeah. Yeah, that is, we'll that get is into not this. described at all. Yeah. We'll get into this completely. Um, we have a hell of a week again. Yeah, we're we going. We're going. Okay, so until that happens, <laughs> stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, what's going on? All right. I love you all. <laughs> Take care. Um, I'm going to go bring it. I'm going to go turn it up to 11 with my wife. So she, until she murders me. So maybe we'll see you tomorrow. Maybe. Maybe it's. <laughs> Maybe you'll just find my body. Musical stuck at home. <laughs> Goodbye.